0: Hi, I'm Jessica. And when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. This is episode 93 and today I'm going to be talking about how you can keep teaching music, yes, even online. Today's episode originally was going to be about integrating music into reading different books you can read, how to make a musical, how to bring in poetry in the music class and all those good things, but I moved that episode to next week because this is something that's on my heart that I want to talk about today because... Honestly, all the direct messages, emails, and the Facebook groups I've been in and everything else, the conversations I'm seeing are what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. But it's just overwhelm. Um, What I'm talking about is I'm recording this at the time of COVID-19, but overwhelm that's felt by um, music teachers. I did a similar episode of this, a bonus episode, but this one's going to be different, I promise. But I'm seeing just overwhelm, not knowing what to do. Music teachers are feeling antsy. Um, I actually have heard that phrase. I don't feel like a music teacher right now. I just feel like I can tell my kids to just watch technology and they're not learning music. So let's talk about all those things. I've made a lot of notes because I don't want to miss anything. I just basically brain dumped a bunch of things I want to tell you guys. And hopefully this episode is helpful to you listening. Basically, every bit of feedback and questions I've been getting, I've turned it into a podcast episode because I always tell anyone in my audience who's listening. If you have a question about something, it means someone else has the same question to somewhere else. Or if you've had a thought about something, someone else is thinking that thought. So you are not the only one. So let's go ahead and dive right in. The first thing I want to say is, remember when you became a music teacher, okay, your very first day or first week in your classroom, whether you had a music education degree, got alternatively certified or whatever, it doesn't matter what, how you got into music education or your elementary music classroom. I want you to think back to your first day or week. You did not know what you were doing right away. And if you did, then wonderful. I did not. It was very hard. It was a learning process. In fact, on this podcast, I have an episode, I can't remember the number, but how year three of your teaching or after year three is the best year because. It takes a while to find your groove, your teaching style, how you want to do things, uh, your personality, learning your kids, their names, and how to work with each of them because they all have different needs and um, different personalities and different learning styles. Anyways, I want you to think back to that. And I want you to remind yourself that it took time. It took patience. It took just showing up, doing the work, not giving up, continuing to teach even on the hard days. So what I'm getting at is I want to remind you that with anything new, like I said, it just takes time. Eventually, you're going to find what works for you. So right now is the equivalent of your beginning of your teaching career in your classroom. You're online, um, you're teaching remotely. Most of you listening to this are right now or your school district or school is about to switch to that. And so you're sitting there like, what in the, I've never been an online or remote teacher ever. So how am I supposed to do this? It's brand new. It's confusing. It's overwhelming. It's all, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but all the things you're seeing out there, all the advice, and you're just starting to maybe feel like your brain is about to just, you know, the explosion emoji you see on your text messages. (laughs) Um, But what what I'm getting at, like I said, is give yourself time. It's not going to be perfect right away. You're not going to have it all figured out right away. But guess what? Neither do your students. They don't have it figured out. They don't know what's going on either. So it's just a matter of just giving yourself grace and patience, okay? So that's the first thing I want to say about that. Um, I also want to say that just like when you're in the classroom, don't compare what you're doing with your particular students to anyone else, because your expectations that have been put on you by administration, your teaching style and what your students need are all different. Some of you listening to this have schools that were able to send Chromebooks home with every kid. Some of you listening to this have students who majority of the kids do not have any technology in their home or access to internet. So just like I have encouraged you guys so many times, don't compare yourself to other teachers when you're in the classroom, because nobody's going to do things the same way. You're all going to do things differently. You all have different personalities. We've said that before on this podcast, you're not a robot. You walk into any classroom, there's going to be a different amount of instruments, different way the classroom's set up different teaching styles, different way the class time flows, different lesson plans, different trainings the teachers have taken and so on and so forth. So why would that be any different when you're teaching virtually? Have you thought about that? You're still you. So if you're seeing this person in this particular Facebook group, and I'm not going to name one because I I'm just throwing that as a throwing that out as an example. If you see a certain teacher that's like naming 25 different apps that they're having their students do at home, and you're like, whoa, I don't even have the time right now to explore any of those and figure out. If I like them, how I want to use them. If I can even figure out how to teach my students how to use them, then don't. That's okay. That's them. You, maybe while they were in their classroom, they were very technology savvy already. So taking it online is like no big deal because they're they've already been doing this. So what I'm trying to encourage you is to still be you. Doesn't mean you can't figure out new technology to use with your kids. It doesn't mean you can't figure out one or two to ask your students to do. But Be you in the process. Don't try to keep up with the, I sometimes call it the herd mentality or the sheep, you know, blindly following the other sheep, just doing what everybody else is doing, but figure out what your students need. What do you feel comfortable doing? And then go from there. Make a plan, adjust the plan as needed and stick with it. And then I want to also say, so we're on technology right now to focus on technology, but remember the kids and parents are overwhelmed right now I am a mom of three little boys I became a homeschooling mom last week like pretty much in I didn't know I was going to be doing that um which is a lot of you listening to this you're also parents and so I'm also working from home so is my husband we're navigating that also homeschooling my children and and they have packs of schoolwork they brought home um two of our boys do I have three boys um to that they're going to have to turn in for work, so by the time I get through that, and then I work from home, and then I'm making sure I'm taking care of the preschooler, and then I'm making sure I'm trying to keep them quiet if my husband's on a phone call, and then he's watching them so I can get on work like a Zoom call or record a podcast or whatever. It's like a balancing act. So if I can be honest, by the time we get to the music portion, even though I am a music educator, it we don't have much time left, and that's okay. So. What I want to encourage you is, I don't know if some of you have thought about the parent perspective of things, but they're not you. They don't have a music education degree. Most of them, I do, but I'm saying most of the parents that are with their kids at home don't have a music education degree. They don't know what the first thing about doing music in their home with the kids. So just encourage your students to engage in active music making. My kids it just enjoy dancing. We dance all the time. We just put music on in the kitchen and we move. Do I keep it, you know, with strict instructions, like, okay, the three of you, let's do a a folk dance. No, of course not. But they're still moving to music. We make it fun. Sometimes I'll play freeze dance with my own children. Or I'll sometimes say, can you move like, you know, throw out different shapes for them to move like and stuff like that. But is it always formal? No, of course not. Sometimes it's very informal, and they're just dancing, listening and moving to music. And then Kids love to sing familiar songs. They loved using movement or body percussion. They do it all the time. I don't know if you have ever seen kids just do some like hand clapping games or they'll start patting their legs without you even telling them to. They do body percussion without even being told sometimes just because they enjoy it. So encourage your students to just actively make music at home. So, like I said earlier, it's gonna be up to your administration. A lot of times, or your, you know, your principal or the superintendent or whoever has told you these are the guidelines we want you to send home with the kids. This is what we want. How much of whatever we want you to plan and send home. And some of you are in schools haven't given you very much um, instructions at all. So, whether your school has given you a lot of instructions on what to send home with the kids or not, I want you to remember the kids still just need to engage in active music making. So when it comes to like singing familiar songs, just you could even send home or post on your class website or the PTA Facebook page of here's some familiar songs that we've already done this school year. And you could even break it up from kinder all the way through fifth grade. The students can look at it, encourage them, say, hey, I want you to sing at least five of these songs every week. Find different ways you can uh, make music with these songs. Maybe you're singing. Maybe the next day you're doing body percussion. Maybe the next day you show your parents how we do movement to this song. Do Leave it simple, so stuff they can do at home. But you could even just lay out the songs they've already learned so they can just pull from them. And then they can eventually teach their parents or their brothers and sisters too. So this is the perfect way for kids to make music with their families right now. Let's try to put a positive spin on this. How amazing in Music in Our Schools Month, for that matter, is March. Think about it like this. Big part of Music in Our Schools Month is music education advocacy. So what better way to advocate for music than by having your students show their parents the songs they've already learned at school and teaching them these songs and doing music with them. It could be as simple as 10 minutes each day. That is a great way for parents to see and hear and um, listen to this, the songs that their kiddos have already been making at school. How awesome would that be? It's, it's a way of basically inviting the parents to step into your classroom without formally walking into your classroom doors, but to see what their kids are doing and how they're engaging in music. So look for the positive. Every day look for the positive when it comes to this situation because that is what's going to help you in the long run. But you can also encourage your students to use household items like Tupperware from the kitchen, pots and pans, or buckets. They can use those if you're... So when you've sent home that list of songs or you've posted it somewhere for them to see, then... After you've told them to move, or do body percussion, or sing the song, then you can also say now could you add an instrument part and use the buckets as drums, the pots and pans could, you know, those could also be used as drums too. Could you hit two spoons together as rhythm sticks, give them some instrument parts to do, you can continue making music, even if you don't have your classroom instruments. Let's go back to my story real quick, I started out teaching music with no instruments at all. So Uh, Teaching kids to sing and do body percussion is my jam. It is, I mean, I'm a huge believer in the fact that kids can make music, even if you have no resources available to you. Hello, perfect timing, right? So I know it's hard because you're so used to teaching music with all the things in your classroom. But guess what? Kids don't need all that to learn music. They still have a voice, they still have a body, and they can still create music every day even without all your classroom things. Okay, so I want you to hear me on that. It's really important you hear that because your kiddos are still going to be actively making music even at home. So um, let's go ahead and talk about this. I want you to hear me when I say that nothing replaces you. Yes, there's so many technology options out there so much advice being thrown around good advice good options good suggestions but nothing will ever replace you as the teacher i know you've had that thoughts because i've seen them i've heard them i have gotten direct messages about them you're feeling like all this technology that's out there it's just going to replace you and then it's going to make people think that music is even less important than some people already think it is it's not true You still matter. You are still the music teacher. All of that teaching you did from the beginning of the school year till right now has not, it's not going to be forgotten. Your kiddos have learned so much music. And because they've learned so much music while they were with you in person, it's just going to continue while they're at home with all the suggestions I just gave. They'll be able to still actively make music at home because of who you are as a music teacher. The technology is just supplemental to what they've already learned. A lot of you have schools telling you don't teach anything new right now to just keep building on whatever you've already done, which is why I already said send familiar um, songs home. But that's a good thing. Because you're not teaching anything new. So Think about it that way. What what I just said is you guys have already taught so much music, so much content, covered so many objectives with your students. So like I said, since you're not teaching anything new, the reason they're able to still actively make music in their own homes is because of, I want you to say it. That's right. Insert your name there. I want you to say it out loud. You taught them music so they are able to continue learning music at home. Okay. All right. Um, but on top of that, remember, you can still communicate with your students. We've already talked about that class webpage or your PTA Facebook page, or insert other way that you communica- communicate with your kiddos, whether it is like class dojo or uh, Google Classroom, however you communicate with your students, technology wise, um, you can also send snail mail, like, how often is it that kids get letters in the mail? If you know there's those students that don't have any technology, take the time to just write them a letter and say, I'm thinking about you. Here's some ways you can still make music at home. Let me know if you need anything. Kids would love to get a letter in the mail. I realize you have maybe up to seven, 800 kids and you're like, "Uh, how am I supposed to do that? Pick a handful from each grade level and send them a letter. And then you can email the ones who you know do have access to technology you don't have to send each of them a personalized message, but I'm saying just be creative in the ways you still communicate with your kiddos. You can still communicate with them, and they do want to hear from you. So be creative with that because remember nothing replaces you. You still matter. The connections you've made with your students, the relationships you've already built, are not lost, they're still there. Your kiddos still know how much you miss them and how much you, you appreciate them and how much you value them. And it is not lost on them how much work you have put in to teaching them music and not just teaching them music, but being a mentor and a leader and their teacher and their comforter and um, everything else that you guys know that you do in the music room that's not music related. That is important. And these kids are who they are right now because of all, all of that you've poured into them. So I've already mentioned that remembering that parents and kids are trying to find a new routine right now. So like I said, uh, speaking from experience here, the juggle is real. I wouldn't even say the struggle. The juggle is real. I'm juggling so much right now, you guys. But just remember, because of that, music, like I said, still matters. Of course it does. But there won't be as much time to make music as you had to do with the kids at school. You had what 45 to 50, maybe 30 minutes to teach music to kids every single day. And maybe you saw particular classes once a week, uh, once every four days, once every seven days, whatever it looks like to, to you in your school situation. The kiddos at home, maybe they can spread it out like five minutes each day. Eventually, it's all going to add up, and they're still going to be getting the same amount of music time. And if not, that's okay, too. Because I feel like a big part of it is letting go of expectations you've put on yourself. I don't know about you, but I know I'm a huge overachiever. I've always been an over planner. I've always been uh, wanting to get through every resource I had available to me. I've always been big on having a list of songs to teach. And if I got to the end of the school year, and it wasn't done, I would just be so hard on myself about that. But I want you to remember that it's okay to let go of expectations. I think music educators a lot are overachievers. And that is a good thing. Because you'd rather have more plan than not enough. So I've taught to you guys a million times about keeping it simple in your classroom. You don't have to get through all the things you Look at the objectives you have to teach. If go back on this podcast, I have some episodes recorded about lesson planning and how to simplify the lesson planning process. I have blog posts on my blog, The Domestic Musician. Look at the blog and go all the way to the bottom at the search bar and type in lesson planning and you'll see some blog posts I wrote about it. And in those blog posts and podcast episodes, I talk about lesson planning and when it comes to that, you have all these resources available and it's stressful not knowing what to pull from where right? It is stressful. Join us at the challenge this summer coming up in June called Start the School Year Off Right Challenge, okay? Because we're going to be talking about that. But right now, what I want to say to help you is, when you have all these resources in your room, it's not about teaching stuff from each and every one. It's about knowing what objectives you need to teach, what your kids need to learn and finding the material that you would like to teach. If there's 20 songs about that are teaching rounds, And you can't teach 20 songs about, you know, that are teaching rounds. Let's start over. You can't teach 20 songs that are rounds to your students. So you maybe want to, I don't know, use five of them. Choose the five that you would enjoy teaching, but also that would reach your particular group of students. Well, the same applies to online teaching. You'll see so much out there. We talked about that earlier, that you could do with your kiddos. It doesn't mean you have to do it or even need to do it all. It's still your classroom, even if your classroom is now moved virtually. So the same systems and processes for teaching that you have put in place is completely up to you. Like I said, don't compare yourself. Look at the list and list and list and list and list of things that people are, you know, sitting out there and, you know, posting out there and pick what you feel comfortable doing. Don't make it too hard. Keep it as simple as you can. Give them quality things to do, of course, but keep it simple. You don't need to create a 30 slideshow presentation to your students if you know they're not even going to watch it in the first place. It could be as simple as, like I said, send home a list of songs, have them move, play, interact with the music. So they're still creating music. You could use technology. You could still have your older kiddos compose music and tell them how and what you want them to do with it and how you, you're you still going to be assessing them if there is a way to do that. There may not be. Remember, we're letting go of expectations here. We're realizing that this situation is different than anything you've ever faced. So all the plans you had in place are just going to have to change a little bit. This it, it just is you just got it my type a personality people that are just like me, you got to sometimes just go with the flow and relax and take time to breathe. It's okay to not teach all day every day like you've been used to doing too. I want to say that you guys are so used to teaching every day all day, you maybe get a plan time I know some teachers have told me they don't have a plan time at school, you get a lunch break, maybe you, you, you know, you have your schedule. And so some some of this is just hard because you're off of your regular routine and schedule. But like I said, it's okay to not teach all day, every day. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by just take time to breathe? Follow the guidelines put in place by your administration, of course. If they're telling you that you need to be available at certain times of the day for open office hours – or you need to hop on a Zoom call and any student that's available to join you can join you at a certain time, then of course do that. You need to still do what your administration's asking of you. But I want you to remember, like, let's say your teaching time that used to take seven hours is now done in one or two. That's okay. Because right now, It's different. Remember, we're letting go of expectations. We're letting go of being hard on ourselves. We're letting go of what we thought in our head should be a typical work day, doesn't look like that anymore. So, read that book, do that puzzle, work on that project you haven't had time to do, and know that that's okay. No one's judging you for that. We're all in this together, and everybody understands. Nobody's gonna look at you posting a picture of you doing a puzzle on Instagram and think, hmm that teacher's lazy. Look at them not teaching right now. Of course they're not. And if they are, so what? I let go a long time ago of worrying about other people's opinions about me. Okay. I'm just being honest, because when you live that way, that's hard to kind of always feel like you're living under this microscope of who's judging me. Oh my gosh, what if someone thinks this and that about me? No, just live your life, especially right now. Don't worry about it. If you're not teaching seven hours a day, how are you supposed to? It's not possible. You cannot physically teach seven hours a day from home because you're not in your classroom. It's not the typical school day. You're not on your typical routine. Teach as much content as you can. Show up when you can. Have, encourage your students to make active music making. And then past that, you've done your job. What else are you supposed to do? So use this time right now to just breathe and be okay with that. Tell yourself that this is okay. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not being lazy by just sitting around cuz we're all just sitting around you guys. I have I have like literally just worn sweatpants all week. I haven't like fixed my hair. I've put no makeup on. I'm just like in fact, I'm sitting in my bed right now recording this episode if I can be honest. This is not normal me. I'm not normally this lazy sit around and, you know, never get ready kind of person. And so it's okay right now to just take time to do things you enjoy work on a project you haven't had time to do Uh, like I said do a puzzle read a book no one's judging you just relax and take time to just breathe a little bit right now okay and that brings me to my last point if you're feeling antsy look for ways you can help others whether it's educators or not in my life this is how this has looked even this just this past week I have shared ideas. I have um, written a comprehensive resource roundup blog post. And then there was a bonus episode that is on this podcast um, that I recorded there. So look at that blog post. It's on my blog. It should be the last blog post I wrote. And then I honestly go to the, the dot com as well. I just opened up a free course for anyone with 46 songs that I have taught online that I used to have inside of a membership site that's now not open anymore. So those songs have just kind of been sitting there in a queue. And I hadn't done anything with them for three years. And I went, why don't I just dump these into a free course for anyone that wants to access them? Bam, Do you know, what's cool about that? Let's say you're struggling with technology, or you're like, I don't have time to teach, you know, these kids or know how to effectively teach them. I don't know how to record myself to teach, then give you log in, set up a login and password, send that information to your students. They can use your login and password and watch any of those videos. And they're learning music. I'm teaching music. I'm teaching them how to a a music lesson the way I just told you guys on this episode how to teach use it the way you want to. Just head to thedomesticmusician.com and on the homepage, you'll see a link to access that course. Or I've included a link on my Facebook page as well, The Domestic Musician. There's a link right at the top that's pinned there where you can see the free course to access too. Um, What are other ways I've helped? I've gone live in a Zoom call for every music teacher that would like to join me. I did this already and just to share ideas and to share struggles and wins they're having right now. I've been helping my Harmony members because these are members that have been part of my membership site, which doors are opening again super soon, you guys. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. But we're doing this week a sing-along together. We're coming in just to sing some positive songs and then give them time to just have questions and answers and dialogue with each other. We do monthly Zoom calls anyways, but we've been doing extra ones, extra Facebook lives for them, extra reaching out and asking them how they're doing. Um, Not too long ago, they got a Starbucks gift card um, online, treat yourself to coffee kind of situation for these teachers. I have invited... um, into my home. Sunday night, I invited anybody from Facebook or Instagram to join my family for dinner virtually. Just to anybody that's feeling lonely or just wants to feel like you're sitting down to dinner with someone, I've invited you into my home. You can watch the replay of that on my Facebook page too, by the way. Just, and then reaching out to my grandparent, reaching out to my friends who do live alone, asking them how they're doing. You could uh, send someone a meal you know, have uh, something like DoorDash or whatever it is where you live. Deliver a meal to somebody that needs something. Look for ways to help. I know my church is collecting cans and food to send out in the community. Look for ways to help others. Maybe you don't know how to help and that's okay too, you guys. Just, I feel like if you just think about it, it doesn't have to be just teaching related, but you can always find a way to help others. Oh, my kids and I even, with sidewalk chalk, walk, um, we wrote encouraging messages on the sidewalk, so anybody that walked by would see encouraging messages written out. I've seen friends that have made signs and hung them on their outside window of their home. It could just be simple things like that. So you could even ask on social media. Just say, hey, what do you need from me? How can I pray for you? Is there anything I can do? Do you need ideas for teaching? Share with others what you're doing, whether it's with teaching, you know, virtually or things you've already done in your classroom that people can take into their classrooms. When you do go back to school, share ideas. Now's the perfect time to do that. But also share about what you're doing to pass the time. Is there a new craft that someone's been wanting to learn and they know that you're great at that? Share, share ideas about that. Invite them, you know, um, on like, I don't know, a Facebook Live or a conversation with you for you to show them how. FaceTime them. And then, um, like I already said, you can mail a letter to a lonely student. Maybe this is a kid that you know you've been having a hard time connecting with. What better time to connect with that child than right now? They get a letter or a card in the mail from you. And hello, talk about making their whole entire day. This child, believe it or not, will read that even if you never get a response from them. And they will, yeah, it's just going to make their day. So why not? I want you to know that I'm here for you. I want to continue supporting you any way I can, you guys. And I mean that. I respond to every email, direct message, or whatever other kind of communication I get sent my way. I respond. Because when I say you matter to me, I mean it. Send me a direct message. On Instagram, you can find me at Jessica Peresta. Um, Email me, Jessica, at thedomesticmusician.com. Let me know what you need. If it's just you needing someone to talk to, just just a friend to talk to. If you want me to pray for you about anything, if you need any ideas for teaching, or you're feeling stuck right now, not really sure what's going on, if you're having some fear about this whole situation, let me know how I can help you. And I really truly do mean that. But on top of that, look for other ways to have community as well. Whether it's joining a Facebook group like my own, the Elementary Music Teacher Community, whether it is Um, joining any other Facebook group, maybe you're not on Facebook, look for other ways to enjoy community. Maybe it is hopping on a zoom call with other teachers at your school, or other music teachers in your district or whatever it might look like for you. Just know that I love you. I care for you. I'm here for you. And you guys are going to be okay. We're all going to get through this and you are amazing. You are still a music teacher, even if you're teaching remotely. So keep on keeping on and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, Head to thedomesticmusician.com where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.